welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I am your host, Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are things going? Uh, things are going good for the most part. How are they going with you? Good. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, a few weird little tech issues here and there today. Nothing too serious, but um, we're good to go for today with, with what we're doing. Um, what have you been playing in the last week? Uh, I played a little bit more of uh, Gears Tactics. Oh. I enjoyed it. It unlocked on the console. Uh, didn't run very well. I had a really, really long load time, so I'm probably just going to stick to playing that on PC. I was kind of hoping to be able to play uh, Valhalla because I pre-ordered it on Sunday, but I guess I missed like some weird cutoff window, so that I completely huh? missed. Uh, um, did did you get miss the? No, I bought it a physical copy because it was ten bucks less. Oh, okay, all right, that makes sense. Um, yeah, what got you to? You said there was a reason that got you to sort of pre-order it or something. Yeah, it was super crazy. Like I was looking at reviews, trying to you know decide if I wanted to get it or not. Um, and then this review popped up because apparently the embargo's over. Mm-hmm. So I was watching the view, you know, it was all the basic stuff. And then they were talking about how they got rid of the term uh, side missions and they're just world events now. And the guy was describing one world event that he got dragged into. And it was just so utterly absurd that I just, I had to pre-order this game. I had to have it in my collection. It was what, mental. What was the mission? So the pre-order is that the the, uh, um, the uh, world event is that you're 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 a Viking in the Viking land, mm-hmm. and you come across this couple, and they're trying to have sex, and the guy can't get erect. Mm-hmm. So he asks you to get his Viking blood boiling and start breaking his house. Wow. Oh, it gets weirder from there, and so you're running around smashing everything up. <laughs> Um, and he still can't get it going, so he tells you to burn his house down. So you set fire to his house, and that's apparently enough for him, for he proclaims that he's huger than Heimdall's tower. And they start going at it, and they offer you to join in. And I'm like, this is absurd. I've got to play this game. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of on the fence, because I wasn't sure, you know, if it'd be fun in the sense of, you know, are they going to go super, super serious? Are they going to go super, super wacky? Or are they going to try to find a middle line and i'm just like i don't know what the hell's going on but this is insane cool nice um yeah i've had my copy dispatched from boomerang on uh monday it hasn't arrived yet because royal mail um you know they're they're a bit slow uh so hopefully in the next couple of days or so hopefully i'll be able to start on that this weekend um yeah i thought you got uh watchdogs legion no, that's 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 on, that's on my that? list as well as Assassin's Creed. I don't mind which one I get sent th- first because uh, they're both kind of new releases. Okay. Um, so Watch Dogs is still on my list, but the three slots for the three games I've got is Tony Hawk, uh, the remaster, um, the Walking Dead onslaught VR game, which I'll talk about in a minute, and then you've got um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So all the slots are taken at the moment, but obviously once I finish one of those games I'll send one back and then get uh, whatever comes next so yeah um but yeah you're looking forward to playing I guess the the rest of the game yeah I, I there's a lot that I saw in the review 
that had me intrigued. Uh, apparently, it's like wildly customizable. Uh, they got rid of all the loot boxes, which is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way they have it set up now is that you just upgrade your equipment. So technically, the weapon that you start the game with, you can finish the game with if you just follow the upgrade paths. So that uh, that seemed like a really good idea. So mm-hmm. Yeah, in terms of gameplay, everything they've kind of said, you know, bringing back the instant kill, which made no sense to remove... Um, like mm-hmm. the instant assassins assassin kill um, is one big sort of win for me because it was just I, I know I've, I've I know I've explained this a bunch but it was just so annoying. And to the uh, reviewer did explain that, and the way that it works is that like if you go after somebody that's like super crazy high level, you can and you can assassinate them and one kill them. But if you fail because they're so much higher level than you, they will just slaughter you. Like the day, it, what it is okay. is that. The instant kill is even, but everything else is a scalable damage tree. So, mm-hmm. because like to to me, I don't care which setting of a of an Assassin's Creed game it is or whatever. If I am, if my character is qualified as an assassin, like he's good enough to be called an assassin, and I successfully por- uh, perform an assassination move on someone, um. That should just work no matter what. I get it, you know, if I'm in melee combat with someone, that's a completely different scenario. You know, if I don't have very good armor or weapons or whatever, but if I sneak up behind you or jump on top of you or something and stab you in the neck, you you should be dead. It's 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 as simple as that. So and they used to do it in the other games, so I'm just I'm glad that they've uh, brought that back. Because it was it was also really weird just visually seeing like my character, you know, push someone on the floor, stab them in the neck and then they just get up and fight me. It was it was so weird. So uh, I'm I'm glad about that. Um, cuz the thing for me with Assass- this Valhalla Assassin's Creed game is like I I was, you know, take it or leave it on the whole Vikings thing. Vikings are kind of cool and whatever. Um I don't really have like a personal investment in Viking type stories, but as soon as I heard that the uh instant hidden blade assassination kill was back, I was I was pretty much just kind of all in. So um yeah, uh, apart from that, what else have you been been playing? I've uh, been still cranking through uh, Seven Days to Die. Um, I'm getting ready to do Horde Night, which is when they every seven days, that's the name of the title, they send a giant FU wave of increasingly difficult zombies at you. And uh, this one is day 63, so it's getting pretty silly by now in terms of how difficult that is. Okay, so you like getting completely swarmed and stuff? I guess. Oh yeah. yeah. It's it's a slaughter fest. <laughs> yeah. Kinda of reminds me a little bit of um I can't remember which Black Ops game or maybe it was the Call of Duty World War game. Um when they had the zombies horde mode and you'd get to like round whatever, like twenty something and there would just be the piles of, of zombies coming in the door. Um which you can survive I guess if you str- str- uh, strategize the situation and whatnot, but uh, yeah, I can kind of imagine a bit of that. So, uh, anything else? No, that's really about it. Cool. Um, so yeah, as I mentioned a minute ago, I've been playing The Walking Dead uh, Onslaught VR, and uh, I did explain what this is what this is on Geek Town, but I'll do a quick explanation here. Uh, basically, it um, includes the characters Daryl, Michonne, Rick, and Carol. So the the TV versions of those characters, because they're all from the comic books as well, but they're a bit different. Actually, Daryl isn't from the comic books, so forget that. Um, but Carol, Michonne, and Rick from the t- from the TV versions, and um, essentially what you're doing 
is you're in this like limited part of Alexandria. Uh, Carol's by the, the flower bed. Daryl is sitting resting because he hurt his leg. Uh, Michonne has got like this planning board thing. You go over and you talk to her about like scavenging missions. Uh, Eugene, who you don't actually see but you hear his voice, he's in the van. He sort of takes you to and from different locations and whatever. Um, and essentially what you do is you go in there and you plan your first scavenger mission and whatever. Um, and once you've, for some reason, once you've recruited enough survivors through this run and gun kind of scavenging mission, um, you can unlock the next chapter of the story, which doesn't really make a lot of sense because when you play as Rick in the Alexandria sort of section... There's no way that Rick's going to sit next to Daryl. He'd say, hey, tell, tell me the next part of the story. And then Daryl would say to him, you know, no, I want you to recruit some people. That that doesn't really make much sense. But it, it sort of makes sense in the gameplay perspective, but not in terms of an actual realistic situation. But nonetheless, that's what you basically do. And then there's this, like, two-day story of how Daryl was sort of lost in the woods and sort of tracking this person, whatever, and trying to figure out who they are. And the story, the actual story missions is that, at least at the moment, I haven't gotten past that bit. So maybe there's a, a piece of the story afterwards. Um, but he's trying to figure out who this woman is, and he's trying to sort of um, find her and whatever. You're obviously fighting your way through the, your way through the horde. And uh, once you do each story mission, you then have to go back to the scavenging missions and do a run and gun sort of supply kind of thing. And then you keep doing that, and then you sort of repeat those two things over and over again i don't know if it changes at some sort of point because obviously the the sort of backstory part with daryl about him finding this woman has got to end at some point uh so i don't know what they do after that but it's pretty much got the same gameplay as uh, saints and sinners so you got that kind of going on as well i don't know if it's from the same developers i still haven't actually looked that up but i think it it likely is i guess uh it's, it's pretty much the same gameplay format uh, but it just includes actual Walking Dead characters. Uh, it's good to kind of see them and talk to them a bit and do some missions and have it actually based in Alexandria and that sort of thing. Um, and I've I've streamed a bit as well. Um, speaking of streaming, I'm doing that a lot more regularly at the moment, trying to do it with a face cam and a mic and everything. Um, with the Walking Dead VR game, I can't use a face cam because I guess the PlayStation sort of blocks that because you're using that to actually play the VR game uh, but when I'm playing any sort of non VR games I'm using the camera um, it's eTalk UK on Twitch if you search for that and get subscribed or follow uh, you can stay up to date with that uh, so I've been trying to use that a bit more um, I think you've popped in for a couple of streams here and there um, what did you think when you sort of saw them I can't remember what the last one you watched I was watching you do some uh, uh, FIFA stuff usually I'm on my uh pc when i'm gaming okay. lately and then i'll have uh uh twitch open and then i'll see you uh come in and then i'll just hop in the stream real quick cool nice um but yeah you can either like listen in the background i guess or or watch the stream and stuff um but i'm trying to do it at four o'clock my time on sort of like thursdays mondays or tuesdays i did do a stream on sunday as well so it will be a little bit a little bit sporadic until i work out like a bit more of a schedule but uh you can um check that out and i know i've kind of said in the past about you know i'm going to try streaming and doing this and that but i've sort of i've kind of got there if you know what i mean in terms of like i don't know having the confidence to do it and uh, finding a game that fits me as well uh something like the pez master league is kind of 
constant. You're either defending or you're trying to score, basically. And then with the Walking Dead game, it's just either doing the scavenging missions or the or the story missions. So it's working out pretty well. So you can uh, get subscribed to that if you want to do that as well. So, um, but other than that, been playing the Pez Master League. That's been going all right. Been streaming that Walking Dead VR game, waiting for Assassin's Creed. Um, a weird thing happened in um, Call of Duty today. Played a little bit of it today while I was doing some notes and other things. Um, so in Cyber Attack, the main game mode that I play, which is where you've got 6 versus 6, so 12, 6 aside, um, and you plant or defend the bomb, depending on who's got it or what the situation is. One of the big um, mechanics of Cyberpunk, uh, Cyberpunk, of uh, Cyber Attack, is that when your teammate dies, you can revive them. There was an update that was scheduled for today, it did actually go out and everything. Um, the actual button prompt or mechanic for reviving teammates is gone. So there was a bunch of teammates today that I sort of like, you know, had died and whatever, and they said, hey, can you revive me and stuff? And like in every game, I was explaining that like this, the, you know, that they bugged the mechanic out of the game, I guess. Now, I don't know why when they've done this update for the game, which is to basically meld Black Ops Cold War, Warzone and Modern Warfare together for like Warzone progress and stuff. I don't know why you would have touched the code for cyber attack necessarily because someone's obviously gone in there and like moved something or deleted something from the code for cyber attack so I don't really quite get that but um any thoughts on that particular situation? <laughs> uh well I don't think it was done intentionally. That's the thing with code is sometimes yeah. it can have unexpected results. Mm-hmm. Um outside of that you would just hope that that's something that they can identify why that happened quickly and then fix it just as quick. Yeah. It, it seems like something you could maybe fix fairly easily. So um, I you definitely want to fix it very quickly. Yeah, yeah. So um, we shall see when that happens. Uh, again, with Call of Duty, it's not the case that the game's bad. The game's brilliant. It's just that it's got these weird server issues or things that happen now and again. So, um, but uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much everything of what I've been playing. Uh, let's get into some housekeeping. We'll see you for that in a minute. Hey there, I'm Aaron Holman, host of Eye to Eye, a weekly podcast talk show all about passion. I have this passion and this fire within me that burns brighter than the fire around me. Hello. With performing, there's always a story to tell, whether it's my own or not. Creativity. I go, he's more than cute, he's creative. All with an LGBT twist. Make sure to check out Eye to Eye, that's E-Y-E, number two, letter I. And rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in today. I'm Chrissy. And I'm Jackie. And we are Killer Fun. We explore the intersection of crime and entertainment every other week. For as long as people have been communicating, they have been talking about who did what to whom, and is that socially acceptable? Because the boundaries of society, crime, and entertainment have always gone hand in hand. The more salacious, weird, the better. From books and movies, to television shows and games, we look at how life and art imitate and inform one another. And we can't get together and not laugh. So let's face it. There's going to be laughing. (laughs) Killer Fun is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. So join us. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Koalu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Koalu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, 
All you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. Sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon. There's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also become a patron at the $3 level tier that gets you access to ad-free podcasts and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, Fear the Walking Dead still continuing. Season 6, Episode 5 is the newest episode, so you can go and listen to my thoughts on that particular episode as well. Uh, what else we got? I watched the... I don't know if you've seen this. There's a film on Netflix, Enola Holmes. Now, of course, you know she is the sister related to Sherlock Holmes. In this film, uh, Sherlock Holmes is played by Henry Cavill. And Enola Holmes, the title character, is played by uh, Millie Bobby Brown, who is, of course, Elle from uh, Stranger Things. I don't know if you've seen anything about that. I've seen it pop up, but I've never gotten around to watching it. Okay. Uh, But yeah, I gave it a don't skip rating. Not a must-see rating, but a don't skip rating. And I did a little spoiler-free review talking about what it did right and wrong and all the usual sort of things. Uh, United cast. uh, Manchester United beat Everton 3-1. Good for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer because he could have been sacked as the manager if we'd lost. Uh, There's the international break now for a week or two or some level of time um but uh united will be returning soon in the next couple of weeks to play uh some more matches but we beat everton 3-1 away from home which was very very good brilliant performance again by bruno fernandez because he's our best player so he always does that um but uh, that was really really good as well and um i talked about uh some issues with pogba as well and how weirdly he's kind of playing at the moment uh star trek discovery still continuing season three episode four uh, that's still continuing, um, and that's going to run through until, <coughs> excuse me, to, until the new year. Uh, that's on CBS All Access on Thursdays for the US and Netflix for the UK. United cast, we did lose 2-1 at home, sorry, away to Istanbul, which is a Turkish team who have never been in the Champions League before. That was a pretty terrible performance where our defence didn't really want to turn up basically uh walking dead uk uh for world beyond the other spin-off show season one episode five is uh the most recent podcast we'll be talking about season one episode six tomorrow so look out for that also speaking of tomorrow me and david are finally going to do the uh season one feedback podcast for breaking bad i wanted to wait like a couple of weeks or so until the um after the season finale podcast came out so we talked about we're going to talk about that tomorrow and uh, that's pretty much everything on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Do you want to go first this week, or me, or... Yeah, sure, I'll go first. Cool. All right, what do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, uh, first off, we'll stick with uh, Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just announced that uh, they're having a subscription service launch on Amazon's Luma. 
Uh, Ubisoft Plus lets you stream games uh, like Assassin's Creed Valhalla uh, for the Luna Gaming Service for $15 a month, which is the cost of uh, um, Ubisoft. Yeah. That's very expensive. (laughs) That's very expensive for a a specific platform. Mm, But it is going to be part of Luma. Um, There's no... Nothing in the article here that ad, that says whether or not you also have to pay for Luma as well, which is weird that they wouldn't include that in the article. Mm, that's a but, pretty important detail. So yeah, because I don't know if it's free, if it's free with Prime. You know, there's all kinds of questions about that, and we're not really getting any answers. So mm, yeah, um, yeah, I just. I don't really see the need for... I mean, I get it. Ubisoft's got quite a big catalogue of games if you really sort of uh, count things and narrow things down. So they have got a lot to offer, I suppose. But I don't know. We're we're just in the situation. It's starting to happen with games now where everyone feels like they need a subscription service. You've got PlayStation Now, Game Pass. You've got Ubisoft Plus. You've got Amazon Luna. You've got Google Stadia. You've got... um, uh, what's Nintendo's? Well, they don't have a streaming service, but they have a subscription service. Was it Nintendo Online? I forgot what, yeah. what it's actually called. Uh, they have that, and then obviously you've got games with gold, or Xbox Live Gold, and then you've got uh, PS Plus and all the others. So it's starting to. It's nowhere near as bad as what TV is with subscriptions, which is well, I've thought I've talked about that on over on um, analyzing television, the the TV crash stuff that I've talked about. Uh, it's nowhere near that sort of level, but like. What are we going to... I mean, you've got EA Play, one that I forgot as well. Um, can you think of any others that I've forgotten? Um, uh, I, mean, I know you've got xCloud, but that's part of Game Pass, so that's not really... Yeah. Um, and the ones for Microsoft and Sony make sense in that they're for their consoles. So, right, right. You know, it's ubiquitous to the uh, platform itself. Yeah, it's not um, just Xbox or PlayStation games. It's... Well, not 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 just exclusive, sorry. Um, you get like third-party games on there as well. Yeah, with uh, Microsoft, it's every studio they mm. own, which at this point is like 23. Right. Sony okay. does it more to keep up with Microsoft than anything else. Because mm-hmm. um, on, on Ubisoft Plus, you're not going to get like Halo Infinite or Last of Us 2 or something because they're, they're not allowed to, they don't own those games. So Whereas with like PlayStation Now or something, you could see, I don't know, Red Dead Redemption 2 or whatever. Um, so yeah, it, it definitely makes sense more on the um, Xbox and PlayStation side with what they're doing. But yeah, with all the others that we've sort of just mentioned, there's uh, this needs to sort of stop before more starts getting added. Because we literally just a few weeks ago or maybe a month ago had uh, Amazon announce theirs. So yeah. Um, anyway, what, what else did you want to read from this story? Uh, that's really all from the story. It's more of I don't know why they're doing this, but they're mm. doing this. So yeah, yeah, because Ubisoft have got fans, you know. They, I mean, so what have you got? Watch Dogs, Assassin's Creed, Far Cry, and uh, the Rainbow Six series, Splinter Cell, which even though they haven't done anything meaningful with, it's still a franchise. You've got uh, the Mario Rabbids games, uh, Beyond Good and Evil. That I could you know go on and on listing different games. So I understand the quantity there it's just they should just stick to selling third-party games on consoles at the moment so um yeah uh anyway what else did you want to talk about today uh next up we've got square enix and i know you have a companion piece to mine uh Mm -hmm. 
Square Enix reportedly lost $48 million on just the Avengers property alone. Uh, according to the article, driven by weak sales, Square Enix has posted an operating loss in its HD game segment for more than 5 billion yen or $48 million for the second quarter of the current fiscal year. So that's not even for the whole year. That's just for the second quarter. Uh, Square Enix HD Games Division is responsible for big games, but not its MMO or mobile games. So this isn't all the MMOs. This isn't the mobile stuff. This is just for their console gaming for uh, um, for that to property. Right, so. right, yeah. Um, yeah, the report that I've got, I saw two different numbers. One was like 40-something and another was 40-something but a different number. Uh, so I put um, a loss of over 40 million just to sort of average it out, I guess. Uh, the other number that I've got attached to this is that they only sold 3 million copies, which for a game based on one of the... Well, not based on, but license-wise. Um, based on the number one box office film, Avenger, Avengers Endgame, and, you know, Infinity War did really well, and so did a lot of the other MCU films. Uh, for a game based on the same property as that, and one that's also third-party, so it's not limited It's not limited to PlayStation or Xbox uh, or PC. Um, I know it's not on Switch, but that's a different thing entirely. Um, for a game that's third party, that's really quite weak because this game has been out for yeah about two months or so now because it came out at at some point in September and we're we're almost into the middle of November. Um, yeah, I, I read some comments and saw some stuff online and everybody said you know the the main thing that you shouldn't have done is done a live service Avengers game or I mean you you can do that and make it successful and you know because you had like DC Universe online that was very successful i know it's a bit quieter these days but it, it did pretty well when it came out but as i've been saying repeatedly about this game you can't launch a game in that sort of state and and get away with it there will be people that will just buy it regardless uh, and i'm not i'm not just talking about fanboys I'll, i'm talking about people that would just be like hey i want to play as iron man and join my friends and they can play as hulk or thor or whatever you'll, you'll get those people that just kind of ignore the negative stories and fair enough you know at the end of the day it's your money if you want to buy whatever game you want to buy with it and uh, enjoy it in whatever way you're going to enjoy it if you're playing with it with, it with your friends or something that's that's entirely up to you at the end of the day but um there has been a lot of people since uh september since this game's come out that have sort of tried to ignore the kind of game's problems and been like yeah it's 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 not great but it's still kind of like you know fun to jump in with friends and stuff and you know if, if you're having fun with your friends with the game that's that that's great but um as a statement that I've been saying as well for probably over a year, uh, we need to stop accepting bad AAA video games, and this is a, an example of of a uh, bad AAA video game. Um, it's still just really surprising to me that they publicly did announce um, how many bugs they had in the game, and just they looked at that situation and said, "Yeah, we're going to launch this game." Um, now that's probably more on Square Enix than it is Crystal Dynamics because they're the publisher and not the developer but um yeah i mean i can't say i didn't really see this coming and to follow on with something else that i said a few weeks ago how this is kind of in terms of news in terms of bad news kind of become the new new fallout 76 um here we are again talking about something else that's happened to this game and this is probably the third or the fourth time that we've brought it up for something negative um so yeah but what do you what do you make of the situation 
Yeah, I hate the fact that we have to bring this up in a negative context, because like I've said several times before in the podcast, I'm never rooting for an IP to fail. Now, I could sure. literally care nothing whether or not it succeeds, but that's that's a far cry different from whether or not it'll actually fail mm-hmm. um, or wanting it to fail. But honestly, I think the biggest mistake, and we've talked about this on a previous podcast, how most of the game you're playing is Camilla Khan, which if you're a fan of that character, you know, yay for you. But if you're going in for Iron Man or Thor or Hulk or whatever and you don't get to play nearly as much with those characters as you want to, I can understand why that's a disappointment. Yeah, in an Avengers game called Marvel's Avengers. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. barely fe- features any Marvel Avengers that we're familiar with mm. because of the movies. Right, yeah. But uh, it's it's an unfortunate situation because the, the other kind of... Well, not really positive spin, but the other kind of thing that I've said about this game before is I I remember when that teaser trailer came out years ago and uh, I was thinking of the possibilities and thinking like okay what could they do with this and this is an Avengers game and the MCU was in the middle of telling its uh, Infinity Saga story or wherever it was and we'd all you know really grown to love those characters at this point and they'd kind of taken the um, cinema spotlight that with, with the films and everything um, and I remember just kind of thinking this this game could end up being a number of cool different things, and just just seeing how it's ended up is is just quite disappointing. But um, yeah, I mean, in in a way, yeah, choosing a live service game is a bad option. You still could have made a good live service game um, and had a good single player story. But the main big problem to me is just it's clearly an underdeveloped game which is an enormous problem for if you're developing a video game so yeah um because as much as some people don't like live service games and stuff it doesn't mean that they couldn't have made a good one because we do have live good live service games out there so there was a possibility for that to happen it just didn't so um but as i've said before if you spent the 60 dollars or 45 dollars or however much you spent on it if you're having fun with your friends or your family or whatever the situation may be and you're enjoying your time that's that's great because then you, you, as as long as you kind of feel like you're getting value out of the money that you spend, the money that you end and you spend, um, I can't tell you that you're wrong about that necessarily. So there's that as well. Um, any thoughts on that specifically? Like, no, it's just one of those things. That I hope that it doesn't have to become an article we have to talk about again. So sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. What else did you want to talk about? Well, ahead of the uh, digital live stream uh, launch event that Microsoft had today for um, for the Xbox Series S and Series X launch, they had a little article dump talking about all the new stuff coming to Game Pass and Game Pass Ultimate. Um, some of the more notable titles coming to Ultimate and Game Pass, um, River City Girls, which is a fun side-scroller beat-em-up. Uh, when it goes live, I highly recommend it. Final Fantasy VII Remastered for console and PC. So that's a huge one right there. Yeah. Um, Destiny 2 Beyond Light, another big one. Uh, Tetris Effect, which we talked about a long time ago when I got it on the PS4. Uh, but the biggest one, obviously, is EA Play. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so starting um, December 15th, which is when it goes live, but you can start pre-downloading now, any game that's on the EA Play Library Pass will be playable either on Windows 10 PCs uh, via the EA Desktop app currently in beta or on the console through Xbox Ultimate. 
Uh, in addition to that, they announced uh, Xbox Ultimate uh, members can activate a 30-day free trial of Disney Plus, uh, one for account, one per account. Um, it is limited, but it looks like it's most of the world. Um, this is a limited time offer. You have to redeem by March second, twenty twenty one. Oh, got quite a lot of time though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, you would think four months is a lot of time, but obviously they're not going to leave it forever. But uh, yeah, that's that's a ton of stuff. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, the EA Play thing is a is a fairly good deal. Um, you know, just. Just in, you know, if you're, I mean, mainly if you're into the sports games, certainly, you know, they they've got a whole bunch of them, um, and some of their previous titles as well, like some of the Battlefield games, maybe the Battlefront games, the, the Star Wars ones. Um, I don't know if they've added Fallen Order to EA Play, but I, I remember reading something about it coming to EA Play soon, or or something like that. So uh, maybe you'll be able to possibly play that because that, that game's. Yeah, that game's a year old already, isn't it? So, yeah. Um, and uh, you know some of the FIFA games and, and things like that. So that's pretty good. Um, yeah, it's quite good. I mean, Game Pass, just Game Pass alone, even without the Disney Plus trial and without EA Play, is already really a good, quite a good deal. But uh, this just kind of adds to it, which is uh, really cool. Um, what do you think of the Disney Plus trial situation? Kind of odd. Yeah, but I odd. don't hate it. Um. You know, I have a year subscription, so I don't know when my year is up. I don't know if I'll continue it after the year. I probably will. But I like the fact that, I mean, that was one of the criticisms I had when the original Xbox One launched was they tried to make it an all-in-one versus uh, Mm -hmm. focusing on gaming. And they've since, of course, corrected that. And now they're very slowly making it more kind of the entertainment center focus that the original Xbox One wanted to be. Um, but outside of that, I mean, it isn't something you have to pay more for. It isn't something that's like, you know, a five day trial or a six day trial. I mean, it's a full month, um, which is a good thing. Let you binge, uh, both seasons of the Mandalorian, depending on when you claim it. Uh, interestingly yeah. in the article, they also confirmed which EA titles will be available on X cloud. That being Madden 20 unravel Two, Sims four, a uh, full copy of dragon age inquisition, mass effect Andromeda, Plants vs. Zombies, Garden Warfare 2, and Mirror's Edge Catalyst, which is kind of a weird one, but it might work. Ah, Mirror's Edge. I missed that one. (laughs) I like the concept of it. I could never get my brain to make it work. I really love those games. Yeah. But now that that DNA kind of lives through Dying Light, which is the same thing, but with zombies, which is still pretty Mm -hmm. cool anyway. So, And at some point, Dying Light 2 will come out, I guess maybe <laughs> um but yeah like i said there's there's a lot i mean there's a lot of value here certainly i don't think you can really argue against that you know you, you got game plus you got disney plus so all the you know decades worth of disney films mandalorian and uh, all the other disney plus stuff um and then EA, ea play i almost said i almost said ea plus just because everything is plus these days uh but ea play it wouldn't surprise me if they renamed it to ea plus um but yeah, there's, there's certainly value for money here, which I don't think you can argue against, which is good. It uh, just depends on, you know, if, if you're into any of the EA games or if you're not really, like, bothered about Disney or if you are or whatever the situation. Um, but, again, like I, like I kind of said in the past, Di- uh, Disney, Microsoft is certainly certainly looking at the value that can be made from Game Pass and the value that's already there from Game Pass. And they do keep finding ways to keep adding to it. Um, my one just thing about Xbox and Microsoft at the moment is, 
you've got a really really good thing set up here with game pass like the things that you've added to it and the whole day one exclusive things and how cheap it can be sometimes sometimes you can get what one one pound for three months or something sometimes one pound for one month which is really good um it's just the case for me that the one kind of note that I would put towards this is, okay, when are you going to start? Because you've got, is it 23 studios now? Mm-hmm. When are those studios going to start putting out games, like new original, or well not original, new exclusive games to start adding to the, like, new games value of Game Pass, if if you get what I mean? Because um, you, you've got them, like they're all preparing those games and they'll read they'll be ready to go at some point it's just the question for me of when do those start to sort of come out i suppose and add just even more value to uh to the situation yeah i i think they will at some point i mean there are talks of um of um obsidian studios creating right. a new ip that they've got in the works um uh, obviously bethesda has starfield um which is going to be a new ip coming in the works Mm-hmm. And obviously, something that a lot of people have been hammering on is that they haven't answered yes or no whether or not these are going to be exclusive to the console. First off, they probably legally can't because the purchase is still pending. It has to go through the entire U.S. legal system bullshit for you know monopolies and all that other stuff, which I'm fine with for the most part. It's just some things it makes happen really, really slow. Mm-hmm. I don't think that deal... The last I heard, the deal will probably get finalized like May or June 2021. So they're going to be dancing around that answer for at least till that long or until, you know, the sale is completed. Mm -hmm. Because you got to remember, Microsoft can say we're paying this much for this much company. Everybody on the company is on or or enough of the people in the company are on board with it. And the uh, uh, the U.S. courts can just look at it and go, no. (laughs) And they yeah. did that a while back. Um, AT&T was having problems keeping up with their bandwidth. And so they tried to buy T-Mobile. And this was like 2011, I want to say. 2011, 2012, something like that. And they're like, this is going to be good for everybody. Um, we're going to bring 5,000 IT jobs from overseas back to the state. We're going to pay them this amount of money for the company. And like a month into it, the uh, whatever government agency monitors just like, yeah, that ain't gonna happen, bro. And just cancelled the whole deal. Wow. Yeah. That's a so AT and T that's a the phone. Yeah, thing, it's a mobile it? carrier. Yeah. Kind of the it... big four is AT and T, Sprint, Verizon, and T Mobile. And T Mobile's getting bought out by somebody else now, so Oh. Yeah, because AT and T has some sort of merger with Warner, don't they? Uh, they have a deal of... going right now to where you can get like a AT and T mobile ultimate package and it includes hbo max okay but i don't know if that's just like a corporate partnership or like it's some weird shell game to where one company that owns at&t is owned by another company that owns hbo dude you you get cross-eyed looking at some of these cross-company promotions <laughs> yeah but uh, and the easiest way to tell is like if you go into a fast food restaurant and it has coke products that's because their parent company is owned by coca-cola and if you go into a different restaurant, it's owned and it has Pepsi product. It's owned by Pepsi Corp. Mm-hmm. Is this, this is not a decision that the fast food chain made. They're owned by one of the parent companies. They can only sell that soda and only that soda. Mm. If you get both options, then it's an independent, not owned by either. Yeah. Um, but yes, nonetheless, um, a good offer here with Game Pass. Um, I do think it's. I mean, 
because they tweeted out game pass tweeted out this week something like uh we're not just posting a picture of the mandalorian and the child for no reason and then mm-hmm. that obviously led to this news everyone was like oh, okay you're gonna get like a full disney plus included with game pass you do get Disney Plus included with Game Pass, but just the free trial, which I guess is, yeah. is kind of cool. I mean, and there is if, an American I mean, mobile was, company. I mean, if there was a permanent deal to where you could pay one dollar and get Disney Plus and uh, Game Pass, Disney, I think. I mean, I don't know, like the the ins and outs of their business, but that doesn't seem very profitable for Disney when you're, especially when you're making a big budget show like something like Mandalorian, or you're doing all these Marvel shows and that. Um, so that was, I, I had a suspicion about that straight away about like, okay, how would that work? But it is only for a free trial. So that makes, yeah. that makes a lot more sense. And plus two things. One, Disney as a corporation is losing crazy amounts of money because of 2020. Then none of their, um, um, theme parks are open. None of their properties are open. Uh, they can't bring any movies out to market for theaters, so they're losing a crazy amount of money. Plus, one of the other mobile carriers, I think Verizon, includes Disney Plus as part of one of their packages. So that obviously that's a, a corp owning by another corp owned by another corp kind of a thing as well. Mm-hmm. So this is probably just like, a, hey, let's do this. See if we can get some people into that aren't already on Disney Plus interested in Disney Plus, and if they like it, then they'll sign up for that and sure. yeah, you know, little. Yeah. Little, I help, I help you get more people. Maybe you kick a little back, which is perfectly legal. They can, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously this all depends on the contract, which we're never going to see, but it's not illegal to say, hey, if we can get you the X many number of new subscribers based off of this, then you pay us X amount. It's basically like a finder's fee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the other really cool thing is if Disney let someone make a Mandalorian game, that would be pretty cool. There will be a Mandalorian game at some point. How good it is depends on who makes it and how fast they get it out. Yeah, don't let but, people do it. you know, <laughs> the House of Mouse, the absolute emperor of merchandising, will not let that opportunity pass at some point. Yeah. If we have a friggin' Cobra Kai video game, we will get a Mandalorian video game. That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, certain aspects of the show play out like a video game, like the the way the he does quests and things. So, uh, cool. What else did you want to talk about today? Oh, well, we'll stay on Microsoft a little bit. Obviously, as we talked earlier, they own 23 studios right now. So they've pretty much got the Western market locked up in terms of RPGs or strategies or whatnot. Uh, so now they're setting sights on Japan. According to uh, uh, Toei, Te- Koei Temco Games Company President, Hisashi Coin, I'm going to butcher that, so I, po- I apologize. Koi Numa, I think, revealed that Microsoft has approached the publisher to form a partnership, something that the company would be open to if Microsoft continues to show interest in Japan. And it is one of several Japan based game developers that Microsoft has approached. According to Hideki Yatsuda, an analyst with Ace Research Institute in Tokyo, the small, compact Xbox Series S console could be very popular in Japanese homes where living space is at a premium, especially when compared to the almost freakish size of the PS5. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Xbox Game Pass, Game Pass Ultimate, and xCloud game-based streaming services offering great value for money, uh, Microsoft's gaming console ecosystem could be a great draw 
for bringing a new audience in a market that they have historically struggled in. And I don't know if you followed the numbers, but going all the way back to the original Xbox, Microsoft hasn't done squat in Japan compared to any other gaming platform. Yeah, yeah, I've heard about that over the last several years that I've been following games and stuff that they've they've struggled with sales in Japan and whatnot. So yeah, going over there to do some business, whatever that business may be, kind of makes sense. It was funny because this news kind of came out that they'd visited Japan and uh, tried to do some business. And of course the comments sections lit up with, oh my god, they've bought Konami. And I just went calm down everyone calm down like like i mean it's not impossible they would have bought konami but very very unlikely um i th- i just think when it comes to konami the things people some some people don't realize is they've got their income with those franchises you know metal gear solid castlevania silent hill and some of the others through those pachinko machines the the, the gambling machines which they make a lot of money from and is one of the reasons you haven't seen any good games from those franchises in the last couple of years. Because uh, PT was cancelled, Metal Gear Survive was terrible. Um, the last two notable things out of Konami was uh, Metal Gear Solid Five and the PT demo, which sort of technically no longer actually exists because you can't go and download it. Um, so I don't think it's got anything to do with them, but I just thought it was interesting with the different comment sections blowing up saying that they were going to buy Konami. Um... Yeah, it would make it would make sense with um, you know the, the the different moves they've been making in terms of business and Game Pass and uh, you know obviously they got a new console coming out so that kind of makes some sense. Um, yeah, I don't know what exactly it would have been for, but given that they've been struggling in Japan and now they're kind of into a bit of a new era, maybe um, it makes sense that they would have gone over there and uh, possibly done some done something. As to what that is, I have no real idea but some sort of business deals that we have no idea about at the moment um what do you think yeah if if reports had come out and said that you know microsoft had bought all the ips for video games that konami owns that i would believe more than they would buy konami unless they needed like another revenue stream which obviously i don't know microsoft business but i don't think they really do um Full disclosure, I own Microsoft stock as part of one of my investment portfolios. I also own PlayStation, so I have a vested interest in both of those things doing well. Cool. Um, and I don't mind disclosing that. I'm not going to obviously tell you the numbers and the amounts because that's none of your damn business, but I have right. no problem sure. saying yeah. that I do own it. Mm-hmm. So if Microsoft was like kind of struggling but still was cash rich and they wanted to buy it to improve their, their, street, their uh, revenue streams, I could kind of see it. But they're not struggling really in any way. They on on most of their divisions, they're doing pretty well. Their approach of let's buy this company, but keep everybody there, not try to micromanage it, let them do their thing, just give them more room to breathe to let them do what they do best. Seems to be really working out. Um, obviously, uh, Obsidian coming out with both Grounded and uh, Outer Worlds, that's done really well. Um, it's looking like from what uh, uh, Pete Hines and uh, the other guy at Bethesda, whose name I can't remember right off the top of my head. Tom Howard? Tim, yeah, Ron Tim, Howard. Is it Tim Howard? Tim, uh, it's something Howard. Yeah, I can't I remember, Ron I can't Howard, remember I his first name for some reason. Director. Yeah. But anyway, the, the Microsoft acquisition seems to give them the kick in the pants they desperately needed in terms of getting off of the engine they were using. <laughs> um, yeah. 
which they've um, intended so that's to use, for, which they've intended to use for future games, which would have been an utter disaster. Oh well. yeah. So the fact that, uh, and we talked about this uh, after the launch when it went on like a crazy deep sale, and I did buy it. The fact that Fallout seventy six uses animation that's copy pasted from Skyrim. That's now an eleven-year-old game, almost. I think it was twenty ten or twenty eleven when that game came out. Somewhere around the there, fact yeah. that they, yeah, the fact that the the blighted or whatever they're called was using the same animation that zombies were using in Skyrim just shows they needed a kick in the ass and a smack in the face desperately when it came desperately. to some of their tech. Yeah, and yeah. it's very clear that a Microsoft has done that, but then they didn't fire a whole bunch of people and then put a whole bunch of other people in their place. They're they're keeping. The team together, they're just pulling the team's collective head out of their collective asses. Yeah, and hopefully giving um, them better tech. So if, so yeah, if they did that in Japan studios, they would obviously, you know, vet everything out, decide this one makes the most sense. Uh, they might buy Konami, just because they can't buy the IPs separately. Um, so they might just say like, screw it, I'll just buy the whole get damn thing. We talked about this before on other podcasts. They've got the cash to do that. Mm-hmm. They are not a cash poor company. I just they wonder, can literally. Just... I mean, they they could afford Konami. It's just whether Konami would actually say yes, which I don't see them doing for yeah almost any price. I don't know. So there's a there's an old joke. I can't remember who used to say it. Um, so I can't get proper credit. But there's an old joke where somebody said they've got enough money to say, "Here's a check, go away." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of like any amount of money, I suppose. Yeah, and people always said, say, oh, I wouldn't do this for this amount of money. Well, nobody's ever tried to give you that amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, some people that are here locally, they don't have, they're not like stupid, stupid rich, but they have enough money to where like if you are on Facebook and you see like a crazy eating challenge of like if somebody offered you $50,000 or $10,000, could you do this in X amount of time? They've they've had people that have worked for them that have said, yeah, I could do that. And they're like, bet, boom, here's the money, go for it, do it. Yeah, yeah. And things change really quick when it's actually in front of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I suppose it's a certain thing with some companies where, like, t- take Man- Manchester United is a very good example. Manchester United is still worth a lot of money. You know, shirt sales, MUTV, which some people pay for 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 some reason. Um, you know, all sorts of revenue sponsors and all that sort of stuff. Um, for someone like the Glazers, and I, I am kind of not in terms of the attitude of the owners, although I kind of am. Um, in terms of just like money's worth, for someone like Konami and for someone like the Glazers who own Manchester United, they they would see the situation better off if okay, instead of instead of selling this company for like five or ten billion dollars. We can just keep this thing and keep earning money for years and years, and that's kind of the situation that Konami's got themselves into, I suppose. Where sure they yeah. could they could accept ten billion for whatever or some sort of amount of money and walk away, or you could just have money coming in continuously and just keep what you've got, I suppose. So um... yeah, and let's be honest, it's money that they're getting with very little effort. They're not spending yeah. hundreds yeah. of millions of dollars developing the next game. They're not spending five, six years developing the next game. They've got their pachinko machines, which they probably got that streamlined to a point to where, oh, this is popular. Let's get the license for this. Make this a thing for pachinko. 
you know, six months in, out, bing, bang, boom, machine's done because they're using the same machine just with a different skin. Boom. Look at all the money coming in. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. What else did you want to talk about? Well, normally I hate ending on a bummer, but this kind of, and and I know this is a theory that will never be proven, but it's just the one that makes the most sense. I really think Sony's trying to downplay desire to get a PS5 for whatever reason. Just because we've got a couple of stories that will pair together. Uh, Sony has confirmed that the external M.2 SSD storage slot that is built into the machine and is a hardware feature will not be ready at console launch. So if you pre-ordered and already got an SSD card, don't take your machine apart to put it in because it will not work. Um, they kind of been hinting at that until an official guidance, but a story that I've got from four days ago makes that official. Um, we also got an official announcement that external USB drives will not be usable at launch for the PS5. Now, that's not to say they're not going to be using them forever. Um, obviously, this is just a firmware software issue. So at some point, that functionality will be used, um, but just not at launch. The only thing in the article that made me laugh was that in the article, PlayStation uh, 5 representative asserted that their 825 gigabyte internal storage, which is going to have about 600 and 50-ish gigs of usable state at launch is, quote, plenty of room for other games in the meantime. Yeah, I'm going to press X to doubt on that one because what are you up to now on Black Ops for your uh, install? Oh, for, is it like uh, 100? Modern Warfare is, what was it? It had an update this week. 182, I think it is now. And... Yeah, a hundred of that, at, at, at least a hundred of that is for Warzone. So if you take Warzone out, it's eighty-two. But nonetheless, yeah, so eighty-two I accept. But if you're both into the Black Ops and the Warzone, yeah. or if you want the game, a... or if you want the game installed, you've got no choice. Yeah, basically. Yeah, so almost what a third of your hard drive for one game, mm-hmm. and you're claiming that's adequate. And the the USB external is not just for running games off of. It's for transferring back and forth, so you'll have to re-download your games. Unless they patch that between when we're recording this and whenever anybody actually gets their PS4 with PS5, which is, this is a software-slash-firmware thing, mm-hmm. so they could literally fix it in five seconds. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, they want to sell consoles in the long run because their gaming really is their only profitable revenue right now Um, obviously sony has a big movie division movies are doing nothing right now um sony has a big entertainment division a lot of things can't film right now so gaming is about all they've got yeah and they're just giving you reasons not to get it right now Mm -hmm. and again that's not to say never get it don't get it in the future obviously if you're big into the playstation ecosystem you will get a ps5 at some point but they're just giving you more and more reasons of maybe we don't need this right this second. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, just on a quick little side note in regards to Call of Duty, um, I did. Did I mention this to you? I mentioned it to someone. I think I told Barry or someone, um, or maybe it was David. 
Uh, I did go out and get a... Uh, well, didn't go out and get it. I bought it on Amazon. Um, I did get a 500 gig um, external hard drive to use, which was very easy to set up. I just plugged it into the PS4, formatted it, which had nothing on it anyway. And then I moved a bunch of games over. Um, and this week, when that Call of Duty update happened that I mentioned, and when Fall Guys got an update, and something else got updated as well, it did actually do it all automatically. So I'm not having any space issues anymore because I've basically moved. Uh, I've got two 500 gig hard drives basically, and I'm moving games between them. So uh, that that's worked out really well. Uh, to go to this whole story and everything, I really feel like we're in a situation where Microsoft's got these 23 studios. They're all working on games, and obviously got the Bethesda chunk of that as well. Uh, Microsoft's done a really, really good job with the hardware. The Series X looks great, and it's got the um, what's the uh, I can't a quick resume. That's what it's called, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, when quick it, resume. It what, it, what? it caches four games, and you can just bounce right between them in yeah. fairly short time. Mm-hmm. And we've seen tech demos on that, and that works amazing. Yeah, I've seen that as well. Um, which you can't do with PlayStation. They obviously have this storage issue, which you can sort out with Xbox. I really feel like Sony is looking at the PS5 and saying, okay, we've got these issues like with the storage stuff and there's no quick resume and all that sort of thing. But I think Sony's looking at the situation and thinking, okay, we, we've we still got the games. And they it seems to me like they feel like that's enough, which I've, I feel like... I mean, at the end of the day, these these big games that they've had coming out, you know, Horizon and God of War and Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima and Ratchet and Clank's coming out and Spider-Man's got a new game and Sackboy's made a return and all the other, you know, there's probably a new Uncharted game coming out and whatever, God, God of War Ragnarok is out next year. Regardless of the PlayStation 5's problems, if you want to be in the conversation and get your own experience of these games you can only play them on PlayStation 5. So it's sort of one of these situations where Sony's looking at it and thinking, okay, we've got the the must-have games. Now, I'm not saying that Xbox doesn't have any must-have games. I just think that Sony's got a lot more of them, or at least more, more successful ones at the moment. And they've looked at the situation and thought, okay, we don't really need to do this whole hard drive thing at the moment. We can just look at us. We've got the big games kind of thing. Whereas Microsoft... Or Xbox is in a situation where their games are coming, they're in development, they're not really ready yet, um, but they're on top of things in terms of the the hardware side. So I just think it's the case where Sony is winning on the games front, but Microsoft's winning on the hardware front, um, and that's that's pretty much that. Yeah, I, there's no denying that right now, micro uh, Sony has the better exclusive for games. But what if you know? Somewhere down the road, like a year, you two years down the road, Microsoft decides to flip the switch, and they're just like, "Oh yeah, all these studios that we have, they're not coming to PlayStation. You can still play them on PC. You can still stream them as part of XCloud. You can still play them on your PC, uh, but they're not coming to SCL. Uh, not coming to PlayStation. No Bethesda. No Obsidian. No In Exile. No any of those other games." Um, I don't think they'll do it. They're more of a let's be a gamer first and not limit platforms or hardware. But they could easily do that if they really wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, in and- terms of PlayStation, um, it's it's not everybody is going to be able to buy both at once. 
And obviously with everything with COVID going on, supply chains are disrupted, supplies are going to be limited. The thing is, is right now Microsoft is giving you every reason to buy the game and Sony is giving you a few reasons not to buy their console. And you got to wonder which one of those is going to win out first. Because, I mean, I, I've i already said that I'm buying my uh, Series X first. But that's because most of the games I play are already on Xbox regardless of... Right, they're in your ecosystem. The, yeah. the platform, and not even ecosystem. It's just I didn't play PS2, never owned one. Got into the PS3 really late, and the whole nonsense with the... I, I know I told you about the whole commercial, right? What, commercial for what? Sorry. Uh, okay, so I know I told you at one point, but it's been a while. So after the big Sony hack to where they you know, were down for so much with the online... Oh, the PS3 and thing, then, yeah. Yeah, for the PS3. And then they gave away the free games. Um, one of the game, one of the free games that I picked up was uh, Wipeout 2048. I want to think it is. Okay. And I'm a I'm a big racing fan. I'm a huge racing fan. So any racing game I'll play. And so I'm playing the game, and I'm about an hour, hour and a half ish into it, and I get a commercial. Not like you know, play a you know a Sony branded race car or race like a Doritos branded race car, whatever. I mean an actual commercial you would see on television for a product as part of the game. And I re- and then I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and so I play a little bit more, and then like another like half hour-ish or so later, um, same commercial. Wow. Yeah. And this is, this is part of the game. And if I had paid for this game, and this was not an inexpensive game, this is, it would have been like a $30 game. I would be getting that commercial if I had bought it straight up. Yeah. That pissed me off to no end. Like, yeah. I don't mind product placement. You, you know, we've talked about companies owning companies owning companies. You're going to get product placement. I don't even mind it in a game. Oh, I don't mind product placement. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like in uh, Microsoft had two games. It was called Doritos Dash. It was basically Doritos and Wipeout. But they were free games, and they were just simple avatar games. So back in the 360 era, when your avatar actually had something to do, you know, you could you could play a Wipeout slash Ninja Warrior style game with your avatar, and it was free. See, I don't mind that when it's free, when I don't have to pay for it. But the fact that the only reason why this game was free was because of the hack them game. trying to make up for the hack and I had to see a commercial in a game, you know, that I'm still kind of angry about that, to be honest, just because I don't want commercials in things I'm paying for. And I yeah. don't think I have to have commercials in, especially games. Mm-hmm. Um, the only real egregious example I remember along that lines was a Bionic Commando reboot that they tried to do with, um, that franchise to make it more like a 3D open worlder and you could grab and smash anything except for the Pepsi vending machines <laughs> Every, like desks, chairs, whatever if it wasn't you know a building or whatever you could grab it and smash it and throw it but not the Pepsi machines because that was a paid advertisement yeah yeah um, kind of brings me on to a question of okay with the PS5 and they've got must have games and all that sort of thing I'd wonder what Sony would have to do to the PS5 like how much they'd have to butcher it in order for gamers to turn around and go no I'm just not going to play those games but 
I don't know. It's like when, when Spider-Man Miles Morales comes out and gets good reviews, or when Ratchet and Clank comes out and gets probably good reviews or whatever, and people are talking about Horizon and Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima and uh, God of War, and they're all you know highly talked about games, and they become must-have games. You have to. Well, if you simply put, if you want to play those games, you have no choice but to get a PlayStation. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's uh... yeah. And the other thing is that I don't know. I forget if this is something we were going to talk about or not. The fact that Sony announced that there's going to be no in stock, in store stock, for PlayStation Five. So if you haven't pre-ordered it and have that delivery confirmed, you're not going to be able to find it. Is is that just for the US? I don't know if it's worldwide or US because I can't um, find this... any over here. Just anywhere, period. Whether it's I'm, in I'd a store or online or anything, it's global. Hmm. And how long that stays out of stock versus how long the Series S and the Series X stay out of stock? Because uh, today, earlier, the Series S was back in stock on Amazon's website, and then it was out of stock again. Um, but if they can kind of feather that in and get more people onto the Microsoft platform, they're going to be less likely to go back to the PlayStation until the games start coming out. But with everything going on in the world with COVID, who knows when those games are actually going to come out? Hmm. I mean, what, two weeks ago we had Cyberpunk going gold and then getting delayed after it had gone gold? Yeah. Nothing's guaranteed anymore. Yeah. So, uh, cool. Did you want to say anything else about this or should we move on? No, we can move on. on. Cool. Uh, In some uh, very bright big news um, and some good news, EA finally decided to actually remaster the Mass Effect trilogy. Now, I know a few weeks ago we talked about a listing somewhere or something that basically confirmed that this was the case. But uh, a few days ago, I think this was the day when the election was actually decided, um, the news kind of slipped out in the means of in the meantime of all of that uh, that the Mass Effect trilogy is indeed going to be getting remastered in the spring of uh, 2021. Um, you've probably we've probably talked about this before, but I've forgotten. Did you play the original three games? I'm, I'm sure you did. The uh... yeah, the original Mass Effect One was actually exclusive to the 360, and that's what kept me on the Microsoft uh, right. platform. Yeah, yeah, and. To be technical, and I'm just being technical here, the election has not been decided. The media is declaring Joe Biden the winner, but the election results have not been certified. So he is not the winner as of yet. What happens going forward, nobody knows. And anybody that tells you they know, they're lying. Or they're just projecting what they want to happen. But on a technical, you know, 2 plus 2 equals 4 level, the election has not been decided yet. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, what do you think of uh, the Mass Effect? Mass Effect, yeah, Mass Effect trilogy um, getting remastered. It's not surprise. I mean, this has been the worst kept secret since I don't it's know been what a long time in, coming in the video yeah. game world. It happened on on November seventh, and N seven is the insignia for the special ops team that your character Shepard joins at the beginning right. of Mass Effect one. Yeah. So, um, so that was the day to launch it on. I'm all for a remaster. I loved the first game, but there were a lot of technical issues. I'd love to play through the original trilogy again, upscaled, full 4K, 60 frames. I My only real fear is that they don't include 
the uh, multiplayer mode for Mass Effect 3, and that was surprisingly good. I could easily do without the loot boxes, make it like a level progression system, but that was actually a really good multiplayer because it didn't take too long. It was basically a horde mode, but you were limited to five rounds. So you had like a five-round thing to do whatever tasks they were assigned you to do on whatever map you were on. You either got it done or you didn't. And then you earn coins to buy loot boxes if they could just change that to a progression system. I would really love to play that again, but I don't think that's going to come back. Because hmm. then they have to rewrite the whole loot box thing. But yeah. hey, if they got rid of the loot boxes and that, that'd be another sign of, hey, we realize you don't want this, so let's give you what you like without what you don't want. Yeah. Uh, for me, with the first game particularly, it's almost kind of unplayable with the, the gameplay of it particularly. I remember when uh, it was either really, really cheap on Xbox Live or it was part of Game Pass or pro- maybe it was both, I don't know. And I went in there and tried it out and I, I just could not get on with um, the first Mass Effect game. Played the second one, the second one was far, far better, it was actually a really good game. Played a good chunk of the third one, never did actually finish it. It just didn't particularly click with me, so this is this is going to be a good chance for me to just sort of front to back play the actual first one and go through the uh, whole remaster trilogy, which I think is a uh, a good opportunity. And uh, as I said on Geek Town this week, which you can go and listen to uh, Geek Town Radio, GeekTown.co.uk, um, this is yet again a really good opportunity for okay players that have played this in the past. You know, you've got the nostalgia, you've got comparisons that can be made characters uh, people sorry revisiting those stories and then new audiences that you know maybe they did or didn't like andromeda or they maybe haven't even heard of mass effect or whatever the situation is just any sort of new audience you put both of those into this game uh see what reception you get uh there is there has actually been announced that there's a new game in development which is great as well but that could kind of dictate what that game's going to be or you know how sort of successful mass effect is going forward which i think is just um, quite good and quite important as well. Um, but like I've been saying about just old beloved franchises, um, uh, you know we've had a lot of '90s remastered games. Uh, it doesn't have to be a, ni- a game from the '90s. This, this is obviously from the 2000s at some point. Um, but going back, remastering these types of games, seeing t- you're know, testing the waters for the audience. How many new people can you get in? How many old uh, previous players? You can take interest, and then you can kind of decide what to do with the franchise from there. Um, and two two examples that could be used pretty well is if EA did Dead Space, if they remastered those games, and certainly if Ubisoft um, remastered any of the Splinter Cell games, that would be a good way to test the waters for that as well. So uh, I'm I'm all for remastering old video games, just on the, all for the, all those different reasons. Um, any thoughts on that particularly? Yeah, the original Mass Effect kind of had the unique distinction, at least at the time, of being launched in January. Huh. It was actually a January title. I don't remember when. It was like 08, 09, something like that. It was a long time ago. I was still in my one house at the time, and I hadn't lived there. I haven't lived there since 2010. So that tells you how long ago that was. Mm-hmm. Um, but past that, it did have a lot of technical issues. There was a lot of texture popping in. Even after a few patches, it didn't really do as great as it should have. Um, obviously, 2 and 3 were greatly improved. Yeah. Um, 3, it's a shame you didn't finish it because it did have an interesting story arc to it. 
a lot of the this right before like the big final final battle like most games have like the final final battle um a lot of old characters from one which you haven't seen since one uh came in and had decisions you made back in one affect what they would do at the towards the near end so i kind of like that hmm. in that it yeah. just you know it reminded you oh yeah i remember that character i haven't seen that character since x i wonder what they're doing hmm. oh they're doing pretty good that's that's great so it had that nostalgia to it. Yeah. I just, I don't know, I just kind of drifted away from the third one. I was playing it and then just, you know, life happened, I guess. Yeah, lot, so, and that happens with a lot of games. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, and that's all the news I've got. I did have the Avengers thing written down um, and some other stuff as well. So, uh, But we've already talked about um, Avengers and the Game Pass stuff. So let's move on to some emails, some uh, feedback that we've got. If you would like to send in your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, maybe concerns about video games or anything related to entertainment talk. Also, as well, speaking of feedback, uh, this will go out way before we record it anyway. Um, the Breaking Bad podcast for tomorrow that I mentioned, um, you still got a chance to get your feedback in for the Season 1 uh Keep it to season one as well. If you've seen the whole series or more than season one, uh, keep the feedback to season one. Let me know your thoughts and feelings on that about Breaking Bad as well. And we should uh, be able to include that in the show tomorrow when we record that because that will be later on in the afternoon tomorrow. Uh, but you can send all that to org. Twitter eTalkUK is a contact page and information in your show notes. Ian says, so now that the series S and X... Uh, and the PS5 are almost out, or one of them's out, but one of them's out soon. Um, have your plans changed? Um, my plans have changed a little bit. Now, I'll sort of explain how and why, which is part of my answer for this question. Um, so I bought the bigger hard drive, um, which was, yeah, really quite small and light and really just easy to install. It was great. Um, done that, so I've got the games I wanted and some extra games as well. Um, that I did some Let's Plays for and some other stuff. Um, got all those installed. Those moved over in a reasonable amount of time. Really, really easy to use. Um, so that was great. I did. Did I mention this? To, I, I sometimes I can't remember who I say in to what I say into who. But um, did buy two new PS4 controllers just because the old one that I had stopped responding and charging. And the I don't know if you I don't know if you get these in the US. You know the big Nikon controllers do you see any of them at all uh no but to be fair i haven't really looked okay they're basically it had like a usb dongle thing you'd put that in the playstation and then you'd sync it up um it was just a little bit too big kind of hurt my hand a little bit when i (laughs) tried to tried to use it there was a point where i got kind of used to it and then the hand injury kind of came back it was just i don't know it was just i could hold it and i could use it and stuff it just i don't know strained my hand a little bit uh, so I decided yeah. to, to just basically buy uh, two just normal DualShock 4 controllers. So I've sort of tried to future-proof my PS4 a little bit, you know, give a bit of extra space, new controllers, kind of, you know, freshen things up a bit. Because with the PS5 launch games, Spider-Man, Sackboy, and all the others, those are on PS4 anyway. So I'm going to just play those games on PS4. And then when we get to a point when PS5 games are only going to be on PS5, that's when I'll actually look into getting, well, a PS5. Uh, the Xbox situation, I'll deal with that at some other point. Um, how about you? Yeah, I can understand that. The original original Xbox came with a controller known as the Duke, and that, that thing was, was crazy big. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, we did have I, one in and, this house. Yeah. Yeah, I used it because that's what I had. But then when they came out with their more foreign factor friendly controller and kind of stuck with that design for the most part. Yeah, that that's kind of been my controller since the get go. But yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but just just a little side note, I'm not saying that like Nikon makes bad products or whatever. It was a it was a very good controller. It just wasn't really suitable for my hands, so I'm not. Yeah, trying, I mean, like, I'm not trying to badmouth them or anything. It's no different so. than the Nintendo Switch Joy Cons. They are way too small for my hands. <laughs> and just um, and really when uh, and Black Friday Cyber Monday comes around, I'll probably get either the Pro controller, depending on what they listed at, or just you should get the uh, adapter. Uh, no, I never got around to that. I'm, I, I'll probably just get an, either the adapter depending on what the price is or the controller because the controllers okay. are about the same cost as the adapter and i'd rather have a secondary controller just in I case got quite a cheap adapter so i'll try i'll try and find it and send you a link or something so because i found it the okay. other day on amazon so i'll uh i'll give you some info on that um but sorry what was you saying yeah i was just saying you know i don't know of it but um i don't really look forward either so mm-hmm yeah, uh, but how about your next gen plans? Um, whenever Series X becomes available to purchase on Amazon, like I mentioned before, I can pay for about half of it with my Amazon points, um, and I'll do that. And at some point, I might get a PS5. Um, but I mean, the exclusive games are good. They've just never been so. I have to play this right now to draw me to buying a console for a single game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I might get one like three, four years down the road, probably when they've gotten a little cheaper or when more of the actual next gen, next gen games become a thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. So finishing off, Kelly says simply asks uh, most anticipated game for the rest of the year? Question mark. Um, I'm really looking forward to Watch Dogs Legion. Um, now games for the rest of the year it doesn't have to be something that's already come out it can be something that's coming out that I haven't played so Watch Dogs still counts um, Watch Dogs Legion um, curious to see how they what they do with this mechanic thing I haven't actually looked at any reviews to see how that mechanic works with the, you basically playing as a red shirt and the story characters are sort of communicating with you I don't know how that will work but uh, yeah and plus you know going to London in a video game will be, will be pretty cool um, this sort of post brexit gone wrong gone really really wrong um era will be kind of interesting and uh that'll be kind of cool and stuff because uh, we really really don't get a lot of games set in london so it'll be sort of a um rare opportunity as well um plus i just really like watchdogs that the second game was great and stuff um assassin's creed to see you know what they do with the modern day story what they do with the vikings if that's pretty cool and to just actually properly assassinate characters without them standing up and fighting me afterwards will be good uh cyberpunk obviously um if that does come out this year there was some weird rumors and stuff that it's been delayed out of december 10th but that's not been confirmed so december 10th is still the date that's sort of loosely stuck there i suppose um what else is coming out spider-man i'm looking forward to that uh but uh if i'm just to just select one um it would either be assassin's creed or watchdogs i think so um, but yeah, again, Spider-Man I'm looking forward to. I'm sort of cheating with my answer, but that's sort of some of my multiple answers. How about you? I know that Cyberpunk's obviously your your big one for the rest of the year. Yeah, and I saw those same rumors too. I've been checking my Amazon pre-order periodically 
the date has not changed. It still says December 10th. Cool. Uh, now that might change between now and then. Obviously, nothing is guaranteed anymore. Um, I am looking forward to whenever Valhalla ships. It has not shipped yet. Um, and I haven't played an Assassin's Creed game since Black Flag, and that one never really caught on with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have you know the Origins and the Odyssey and all that stuff as a backfiller. Um, like I talked about at the beginning of the podcast, just the absurdity of that quest caught my interest enough that I'm willing to drop 50 bucks to buy the game. Mm-hmm. I really would. I mean, they technically do have a service like boomerang here in the States. It's called Gamefly, but trying to service a few million people versus servicing a few hundred million people. You just can't, I can't get a game on a guarantee like you can as quickly as you can. And so it's not worth my money to try. Mm-hmm. It's like you put a game on the list and with rare exception, you're pretty much guaranteed to get it pretty quickly. Yeah. I could put 50 games on the list. As long as you kind of queue up for it properly, basically. Yeah. But I could put 50 games on a list and put the 50 most popular games on and not see a single one of them. Yeah. So I just assume spend the 50 bucks versus spending 50 bucks over the course of four or five months to, you know, just have the game. Mm -hmm. I'm just looking to see... Uh, coming soon. I'm just seeing if Boomerang's got the same date. Yeah, December 10th is still got listed for that. So, wow, Call of Duty's out in like two days. <laughs> mm-hmm. it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see which of my friends switch over and which don't because literally half and half of the people that I play with, some of them are like, yeah, I can't wait for Black Ops. And some others are like, no, I'm not playing that game. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, and I which one I is it really where the private do. servers are going live today? That might be for Black Ops. Yeah, I don't know. So, because um, when I boot up Modern Warfare now, it's now got Black Ops like a pre-order screen. Middle is Warzone, and then on the right is uh, Modern Warfare. So, I still don't really know what's going to happen with that in terms of who I'm going to play with or what game I'm going to play on. But I really don't want to be switching between two different Call of Duty games that are set in completely different eras. That's uh, a bit awkward. But um... at least you don't have to worry about hard drive space now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose that's good. So I could actually fit both of them on my hard drive, which is good as well. So, yeah. Uh, and that's what we've got for you for this episode of Random Gaming Talk. Thank you all very much for listening. We shall see what happens next week if we get to play some different games or whatever. Because um, we both might be talking about Assassin's Creed next week. So we shall see. Because um, I'm assuming we'll both possibly get them by the weekend or by like Friday or something. So, yeah. I Did, hope. I mean, have the pre-orders you... went out. Uh, today so i can understand you know pre-ordering it on sunday not getting it today mm-hmm. uh, i just hope it doesn't take longer than a week if, it, if i don't see a delivery status by thursday i'll probably fire up the amazon chat help see if i can get that expedited okay and tell you what you will about amazon their chat help is really good i've gone through there for like maybe a dozen different things over the course of the last few years and i've never been well outside of one exception i've never been that sucks Hmm. And I can understand the reason for the one exception. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's what we got for you for this episode of Random Gaming Talk. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, You can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org, TV, uh, video game, films, and Manchester United podcasts as well. 
if you like what you heard today and you want to support it and get more involved which uh, a few of you have been doing and I really really appreciate that as well that's been brilliant um, there were some comments on my last Guardian video which was really cool um, but you can get involved uh, we have the Patreon page of course um, you can check that out the $1 and $3 level tiers for instant ad free podcast and review options Amazon affiliate link if you're buying some of those next gen games or current gen games or whatever you're getting on Amazon maybe some of that Christmas shopping or maybe both up to you uh, but we can get a small cut of what you spend it won't cost you extra podcast services if you search for entertainment talk on your favorite podcast player or service uh, we should come up on that and you can get subscribed to us and please rate review the feeds as well uh, if we're not on your favorite podcast platform uh, please let us know and we will look into that um David is, of course, writing geektown.co.uk, up-to-date, reliable TV and film news. Uh, if you want to find all that, you can head over to geektown.co.uk or search for Geektown on your favourite podcast platform. Geektown Radio episodes available on Tuesdays. This week's episode is available to be listened to. Have you listened to this week's episode? It doesn't yeah. pull down to my podcast lister until about 4.30pm, so I haven't had a chance to listen to it. I never have a chance to listen before we record, so... okay. Cool. Uh, but yeah, you can check that out, geektown.co.uk and Geektown Radio, iTunes, podcast services. Uh, Bex is streaming daily at the moment over on Twitch. If you search for Trista Bytes, Trista, B-Y-T-E-S, go and follow her over there for all that cool stuff. And if you want to watch me play some video games, uh, either The Walking Dead VR or see what I would do with the Manchester United team, uh, if they can pass, defend and shoot properly, that would be great. Um, you can search for eTalk UK on Twitch and get yourselves subscribed over there. That would be brilliant. Uh, trying to sort of grow that at the moment, so that would be good. Uh, word of mouth, you can tell people that you know about everything I've mentioned. Entertainment Talk, Trista Bytes, Geek Town and everything else. Social media, you can do the same thing. Facebook and Twitter, and if you can, different Facebook groups. And also look out for Let's Play Sundays. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.